This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. We're entering into a new series beginning right now today, entitled Encountering the Holy Spirit. Today, I'm going to do a session called The Intentional Encounter. My definition for this is an extraordinary divine appointment with God's presence. This is what I'm hoping for every person and also for every campus, that there would be a divine appointment for your life. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, there's a person and power of the Holy Spirit as we open up that we need to understand that is very real. A lot of people talk about the Father and talk about the Son. Holy Spirit is probably the least talked about of the Godhead. So as we open up to the Holy Spirit and talk about it and teach about it, we're talking about the Holy Spirit as being a person, not a thing, not a force, not a power, but the Holy Spirit is a person. It's a he. So the Holy Spirit in the Bible, being very real, is offered to us to experience the power, the divine appointment that comes with the Holy Spirit. Understanding that in our church, because we are multi-generational, multi-level growth, there will be people at many different uh, levels of understanding when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Some of you might be uh, just beginning your journey with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You've heard is in you, but you don't know that much about it, but he is. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you have accepted Christ. And so as we accept the Lord Jesus, the only way we can accept Jesus is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the that's the conduit that brings Christ into our life. It's through that prayer, it's through that encounter. So when you are born again, it says in 1 Corinthians, your human spirit is joined with the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and the two become one. So that different than a person who doesn't know Christ, something in you comes alive because your spirit, every human has a spirit. That's where life comes from. They would not be alive if they didn't have the breath of life. They have life. But not every human has the Holy Spirit. Now, as you are born into the natural realm, you have faculties. You hear, you see, you feel, you touch, you smell. As you're born into the spirit realm, you also have spiritual faculties. You have things that will open up in your life. So the New Testament says when you're born again, the Holy Spirit being joined to you, you become one new man or one new spirit. And when that happens, the Bible says something opens up inside of you. Proverbs says it's like a candle being lit. All of a sudden, there's light. Ephesians 1, Paul says, illumination, understanding. You actually begin to understand things you didn't understand before. Light comes to areas of your life you didn't have before. Ezekiel says you're given a brand new heart and a brand new mind and a brand new spirit. And so out of that spirit, that embryonic dot that's inside of you, that speck called the Holy Spirit that enters into your spirit in a supernatural way, it begins to grow. And so Peter calls that the inner man. He calls it that hidden self, that part of you that is hidden inside, but it's the real you. And so as you begin to grow, it's the spiritual man in you. 1 Corinthians 2 says, a spiritual person understands spiritual things where a carnal person does not. They do not understand spiritual things. Why? Because it takes spirit 
to understand spirit. It takes Holy Spirit illumination to have that kind of understanding and an opening in your life. Now, if you're born again, no matter where you are on the level of growth, you have the capacity to understand more about Jesus because it says the Holy Spirit comes to teach you about Jesus. That's number one. He comes to reveal Christ. And so if you have the Holy Spirit, there's a potential and a capacity to know Christ, to know him in a deeper way, to uh, begin to flourish in that relationship because the Holy Spirit will draw you into that, open you up to it, give you passion and hunger and, and thirst and draw you into prayer and you begin to change and understand Jesus. You also begin to understand the unseen world, spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, putting on the armor. Understand there's some attack, there's some stuff that can happen. The Holy Spirit is something that allows you to go through a learning curve to understand things you would never understand if you did not have the Holy Spirit. It's a light that comes on. It's a heart that opens up. It's a passion that enters you. One of the things about the Holy Spirit is fire. Now, I'm going to give you different symbols as we teach and I'm going to do the basic stuff, and then we'll build together. <clears throat> but the symbols of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit comes into our life, there's different things that need to happen to us. Some of it's cleansing. Some of it's metamorphosis, a change. Some of it is a breakthrough. Some of it is a breakdown. Some of it is, there's all kinds of things the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Bible says the Holy Spirit is the greatest counselor of all counselors. Bible says the Holy Spirit can give you thoughts. The Bible says the Holy Spirit can urge you a certain direction. The Bible says the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom in conversations. Bible says the Holy Spirit has gifts that you can use in everyday life to encounter different needs in other people. The Holy Spirit is a very important part of your life. Very important part of what the church should have. The Holy Spirit moving and living in every person. All right, divine encounter is a divine appointment with the presence of God, the power that radically revolutionizes your life and refreshes you with strength and sharpened vision. Now, that's what I hope will happen every week, not just during the series, but ongoing. Intentional shift. Now, here's our shift, an intentional shift. What is the intentional shift? I want to shift you on stretch for God. I want to shift you to a mindset, to a prayer, and to an attitude that is a, on the stretch, which is a biblical concept for God, for more of the Holy Spirit's work in your life, and for simply giving room for the Holy Spirit. If you seek him, Bible says, you'll find him. Bible says if you hunger after him, you'll be filled. The Bible talks about this thing called the passion of search. The passion of going after God. There's something in the Bible also about lukewarmness, hard-heartedness, weeds that grow in our life. Double-mindedness, mixed focus, lose the path, lose heart, get beat up by life, trials that come your way, the freshness leaves. There's, there's, there are times in life 
And I've gone through it. We all go through it. Mountains and valleys, dark and light, pressures, challenges, storms, all the metaphors for those hard times. Sometimes in those hard times, we can actually become a lesser of a person who stretches for God because we're so in defense about life or defense about a sickness or a disease or an attack or the finance or just living is overwhelming to us. And so we forget, we forget that we should be hungry for God. Then devotions fall by the wayside. Prayer is hardly ever uttered. Worship is a short time of experience for you, but experience was never meant to solve the process. Process is more important than the experience. It's the discipline and the daily that's more important than the service itself. The service is good to quicken you and inspire you. But the process of discipline, of hungering, thirsting, on stretch, desiring more, recognizing you don't have those feelings. That's the first step. The first step is to recognize, I don't feel like that. Then that's your first prayer. The Holy Spirit knows how to change you. The first prayer is simply this prayer of, I want to be on the stretch to God, for God, but I really don't feel that. But Lord, help me. Help me. Receive a new passion, a new stretch, a new desire, a new hunger. Somehow come in and shift my devotions to a new level. I'm going to start crying out every day, listening to more worship tapes. And, oh, God, help me have more hunger and more stretch and more desire. Before you know it, as you move into that, your heart begins to feel a heartbeat. It is not rocket science. This is not something that's only good for missionaries or super fanatical spiritual people or revivalists or people that really, you know, they're into this kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that or those. I'm not talking about the unusual. I'm talking about you who have a right to be touched by the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to you who have available to you a river of God that can flow into your life. But you have to reach You've got to break through. You've got to open up. On stretch, an intentional stretchability. Here's my definition. Intentional stretchability is what? We allow. We allow the Holy Spirit to renew our souls. And this is our beginning point. We allow. When that happens, there should be an expansion of your vision. You should start seeing things differently. There should be an enlarging of your capacity where you prayed five minutes. Now you can pray 10. When I first started working out on the bike, oh, about a month ago, I could not even do a couple miles or three miles or four miles. It was just, you know, 20 minutes even on the, the bike was a challenge because I was so out of shape and my legs and my heart and everything else. And I was taught by my coach not to push it. And so I was just pacing myself. But now I can go in and do eight to 10 miles. And I feel the same way I did with four miles. And uh, I'm only stopping now out of discipline because I actually could probably go to 15 miles if I pushed it. But I know better because I might pay the price in two days. And so I, I got to pace myself. So it is with spiritual things. When you're involved with spiritual things, praying four minutes might be a huge challenge to you. It might be boring. It might be uh, non-eventful. 
It might be something you can't imagine. People that talk about praying an hour, can you believe people could even do this for an hour? I want to challenge you to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and enlarge your capacity. Simply add a minute to your prayer every day. Simply add more hunger prayers. Find them. Google them. Hunger for God prayers. Something will come up. And if it's of another religion, delete it. Because it will. But a hunger for God. If you don't know what to pray, I have a great book called Seasons of Intercession with a lot of great prayers. I have another book called uh, Imagine for a lot of great prayers and vision. Another great book. I have some great books. I never talk about my books to my own church because I always feel a little bit self-serving when I do that. And the guys kind of get upset and say, why don't you ever? I don't know. It's just one of my, my things, you know. Maybe it's false humility, but I've never done that. But by the way, I've written a lot of stuff that would help you in this area. The Attitude of Faith book would help you in prayer and devotions and passion. Wrote a book, a big book, if you're into big reading, called Revival, that has a lot of stuff on the Holy Spirit moving throughout history and what happens and prayers and what to do. You can get that stuff if you want, if it will help you. If not, find someone's stuff that will help you. But this is the key. Enlarge your capacity. Enlarge it. When you come to church, if you're a hands-in-the-pocket worshiper or arms over the chest or whatever or not even engaged, start being engaged. When it comes time for worship, lift those hands and say, I don't even know if this means much to anybody, but here I am. It means something to God or he wouldn't ask you to do it. Lifting hands is simply saying, it's not my will but thine, I surrender. That's a good thing to do. Lifting hands is the way to say, I need God. I need God. Try it. Start enlarging your capacity for the Holy Spirit to take up some areas of your life. Stretchability means I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to come and work and reach into my world. Here's the scripture, Isaiah 44 and verse 3. Isaiah 44 and verse 3. For I will pour water. Now, this is what I'm praying for this month and beyond, obviously. I'll pour water on him or her. Wow, does it say this in the Bible? Who is thirsty. Why does the Bible have to say that? I'll pour water on thirsty ground. I'll pour water on dry ground. I'll pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Now, if I would go through and I have a list, and of course, like anything else, can read many scriptures on this from Genesis right through the book of Revelation on the kind of people the Holy Spirit comes upon. But there is for sure a theme in the Bible called the Spirit of God comes to the hungry, to the dry. To those who need a flood of the Spirit. The Bible is very clear. Doesn't come to the proud. Doesn't come to the unbelieving. Holy Spirit is not poured out upon those who say, go away. Don't need you. Don't care about that. That's silly. Oh, that's what some people do, but I'm not going to. The Holy Spirit will just be honorable to you. 
won't press you, won't overwhelm you. You won't come into the service, Holy Spirit just jumps on you, throws you to the floor, and just pounds on you. Not the job of the Holy Spirit. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and the Holy Spirit never breaks the door down. He comes through open doors. He comes to open hearts. He comes to people that hit the wall. Come to people that say, you know what? I am hungry for something more. Holy Spirit says, I'm the more if you would get a hold of me. I'm the more. I'm the more. You know, I'm just in a dry place. I'm the water. I'm the water. I'm the river. I am the refreshing you need if you would just open up to me. He's right there. Isaiah 44, 3 is a promise. Revelation 22, 17. Come. Say the spirit and the bride. Whoever hears, echo it. Come. Is anyone thirsty? Come. All who will, come and drink. Drink freely of the water of life. What a great prayer. What a great prayer. The Spirit and the bride say, come. You don't have to buy the water. You don't have to be afraid of the water. I want you to come and drink. And I want you to drink freely and fully and just drink it in. I was raised in church without Holy Spirit emphasis my whole life until I got into the Jesus movement. I knew nothing about him, the Holy Spirit. The first time I encountered the Holy Spirit, as some of you probably heard, I talk about it once in a while in messages, but I was a person who was totally, 100% ignorant of Holy Spirit ways. Pentecostal ways, absolutely. Knew nothing about it. Nothing. Nothing. Never, ever prayed for the Holy Spirit to come into my life. Ever in my life. Until I was 17 years of age. Ever. Ever. Never even knew I could. When the Holy Spirit came upon me, my divine encounter was simply because I was so thirsty to change my life and so aware that I needed something and had so bumped into the Jesus people and with Albion at his house and the whole thing he was doing, I encountered the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, which I had never felt in my life. Hard to believe, but I had never felt that in my life. I had never felt the presence in a room with people singing and there was something there and I went, this is different. I've never felt this. What is this? Why does this happen when these kids start singing? Why are they crying? What, what is the power I feel in this room? I couldn't put it together. It took Albie to explain it to me straight on to say, that's the Holy Spirit, Frank. Have you never, ever felt the Holy Spirit? My answer is absolutely no, ever. Never felt the Holy Spirit. My infilling of the Holy Spirit, where I encountered that particular experience, was by myself on the golf course, which was prophetic for the rest of my life. <laughs> the Holy Spirit came on me. My life changed. 
What changed Frank DiMazio was the Holy Spirit encounter. When I went back and told my father about it, my dad was a Baptist preacher. He's in heaven now. He was so against me, and they so tried to quench me and bury everything that I was doing, kicked me out of the house as a Baptist pastor. He could not allow a tongue speaker to be in the parsonage. So it was a, a bittersweet experience. I, I could not believe he would rather have me the other way, but he was so doctrinally dug in, he could not at all accept this. Remember going home late that night. It must have been about, oh, 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, he's living with Albie at this time, and I had gone back to visit with my parents and a couple of missionaries and a teacher at the Baptist College was there, and they tried to get me delivered from this Pentecostal thing and talk me out of it. I mean, they ruined me. They absolutely ruined my mind. When I left there, I didn't know if the devil got a hold of me, if I was filled with demons. Uh, I, I, my, my confusion was at a, uh, you know, go jump off a cliff, cliff, light myself on fire. What in the world? I could not put it together. So I went back to Albie's and I was pulled up in the driveway and eased myself in at two in the morning, went through the front door, and Albie was sitting on the couch, and my room was down the hall, and I had to go by it, and Albie just whispered, I said, Frank, I looked around. It was dark. He turned on the little light and says, come over here. Sit down. So the Lord spoke to me about what was going to happen to you tonight, and I've been out praying, and I'm going to talk with you. Well, I never heard about this kind of stuff either. Boy, he read my mail right down the line. He read my mail. I started to cry, and I said, you know, I don't even know if I'm saved, Albie, let alone Holy Spirit, whatever. I'm, I'm totally confused. I'm going to move out. I'm going to go back to my other life. This, this stuff just doesn't, doesn't work for me. Albie says, no, you're not going to do that. Holy Spirit is in you. He says, I want you to get down on your knees right here by the couch with me. I said, Albie, I really don't want to do this. He goes, Frank. Get on your knees. Trust me just for a minute. I reluctantly got on my knees. And Albie said, I'm going to pray for you. The same Holy Spirit that you felt then is going to come right now. And you're going to be totally delivered from this confusion. You're going to be refreshed, refilled. And we're going to start right here. You know, he began to pray. I didn't pray. He began to pray in about 20 seconds. Whew. Something came over me, and I began to sob. I couldn't stop, and every tear was like confusion was leaving me. Every emotion, it was like I was just being cleared up. Before I knew it, my hands were straight up. I was speaking in my spiritual language. He was speaking in his spiritual language. We were having an old-time revival with the two of us, and that sealed my life for destiny. I, I look back on that. And I think, what would have happened if Albie would have not prayed for me that night? Or if he had no faith in the Holy Spirit to come and visit me two in the morning by himself? Thank God for people that hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And thank God for the Holy Spirit that hears the cry of the heart. When we are in our worst state... Holy Spirit says, I can help. Come and drink. I don't know how to drink. I am confused. I am angry. Just come and drink. Trust me.
My wind will blow right through that. My water will come upon your dry ground. Something awesome will happen. Here's my prayer. I want you to pray it with me. Come, Holy Spirit. I want you to write this down. And maybe you'll pray it during the week. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, say it out loud. One more time. Come into my life and fill me with your presence. I invite you. I open the door. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to saturate me with a hunger for more. It's a very simple prayer, but this prayer will work. This prayer will work. Because the Holy Spirit is a responder. He responds to people. Come into my life. Fill me with your presence. I invite you. I open the door. Simple, but it works. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to saturate me with a hunger for more. Hunger for more. The uh, Holy Spirit initiative here is that there will come an open door, a new desire, a new faith level to believe that the Holy Spirit can move in and through your life. How many of you would say, you know, Frank, this makes sense to me, and I really, I really want the Holy Spirit to saturate my life. Come on. How many of you have ever had a confusing struggle with Holy Spirit? It happens. How many get frustrated with your own carnality? Yeah, it happens. Thank God the Holy Spirit doesn't give up and say, I tried to visit you two years ago, and I'm not going to try again. You know, last time I came, you were so rude. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit just... Whenever a squeak in the door, the Holy Spirit says, I'm ready. I am ready right now for you, buddy. I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. Holy Spirit never has a bad attitude toward us. I said, the Holy Spirit never has a bad attitude toward us. He doesn't get attitudes. 